Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pail, steel to a boot? Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Look real. at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I pull the John? What are we apologizing for? What did we say? What did we do? <laughs> What's going on, Bobby? We are opening this show with a Bobby Manning Grant Williams apology cam right out of the gate. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. It's okay. We're going to get to it. I feel bad for Grant, actually, but uh, it is, uh, you know, it's always interesting to see what happens. NBA trade deadline, 24 minutes out. We're going to carry you through the deadline a little bit beyond just to see as the dust settles whether the Celtics do anything. A lot of movement, some contenders in the Eastern Conference. Uh, making some moves. I'll get Bobby and eventually Joe Sway, who's going to join us, get their takes on those moves and uh, and see what, you know, see what we think. Uh, you know, have any teams kind of moved up and started to threaten the Celtics a little bit right now? The feeling is the Celtics are done. Their Xavier Tillman deal is the only one that they are going to do. And we're into the buyout market. Bobby will also explain what that means in terms of what they can do, uh, who might be available. So we will talk about that. Uh, A lot of people are high on the Knicks here, uh, Bobby. Uh, First off, before we get into the competitors right now, are you surprised, disappointed? What's your mood on um, the Celtics potentially standing pat? They didn't stand pat. They went and got Xavier Tillman. I mean, after that because... we, we talked about it last night john who are you gonna go get like i threw out tory craig and jalen mcdaniels and then the raptors went and bought today so you weren't getting jalen mcdaniels both stood pat they're keeping their team together they're going in the playoffs and that's the challenge now in this new trade deadline environment where 20 teams make the postseason who's selling hawks don't sell today pistons went out and bought Uh, multiple guys to potentially help them and get them back on track here. And they're at the bottom of the league. Uh, You had a few pieces like Daniel Gafford move. Hornets got off some guys, as you mentioned, Gordon Hayward, a move I really like today going Oklahoma city. But in terms of the small pieces, the attainable pieces you could have gone out and gotten at that wing position. It wasn't anything that moved out there that I look at and say like Simone Fontecchio, was that a move you would have liked John? if they went and gave that kind of value, because they do have a Pistons pick next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's really right now you're looking at, I mean, that was a name that was thrown around. I I don't know, again, if that moves the needle. Again, you're really talking about somebody who can comfortably, this is what we've said from the beginning, a person who can comfortably slide in ahead of either Cornette as a big, Pritchard as as a guard, or Hauser as a wing. Anything below those players, and you can argue whether Tillman is that guy, and he might be, so there could be value there. Anything else is straight depth, and you've got, you had bodies, you have other players. Are you going to bring in an O'Shea Brissett type to sit behind Hauser and play occasional minutes? I don't see the point of doing something like that. So again, it's got to be, it's got to be at least as good or better than at this point, Hauser, Pritchard, or Cornette in order to, in order to be worth doing. What, what names are out there that could do that? In terms of buyout guys? No, right now. I mean, who would you want to trade for that, that they might be able to get? I, I mean, it would have been Tory Craig probably from Chicago. Yeah. You go and get him in a TP level value, and uh, he's a guy yeah. that can do 
a little bit of everything in terms of filling in at that wing spot. And like I said last night, John, if you were asking for anything else at this point, it would be in a playoff scenario, a wing goes down, one of those guards goes down who's effectively playing a wing spot. Can you get someone who would fill in in that starting lineup and do some things for you uh, in a way that maybe Hauser wouldn't be able to or Pritchard certainly wouldn't be able to given the size uh, issue there. But unlike the big position, John, where I think you can seriously look at Porzingis and Horford and say, you might lose one of those guys for a game or two here. If Brown and Tatum go down, you're done anyway. And if yeah, you're done. Holiday and or White go down, you're in a really tough spot there in terms of filling in for them with what's available right now either. And yeah. again, people are kicking around some of these names like Bay. They would have effectively been a rental going to free agency this summer who you probably couldn't pay. And that's uh, fine, Bobby, because it's your last chance to spend before things get interesting next year. You actually want those guys for this year. That's the point. Yeah, but you have like, to be able to pay them if you want to keep them. But you I mean, you've made, this, you've made this <laughs> argument before, John. they got to start drafting and developing yeah. young, cheap guys. So if you could have gotten out and gotten a name I like, Dayron Sharp from Brooklyn, you know, a center, they obviously go the Tillman route there, a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. But if you could have gone out and gotten a guy who developed on the backdrop, maybe comes up down the line and helps you out in a year or two, I would have been fine with that, too. I, I mean, I don't know what people are freaking about. About This is the best team in the league. You have the best top six. I don't think it's You're a freak healthy. out. I don't Your think bench it's a freak is out. Good. You it's, don't need it's anything. Not. It's not. It's just you see other players move. And you're like, but those you get teams little... need something, John. I know I, I, you're not, you're, you're preaching to the choir. You've made your deals already. You, you acquired holiday. You acquired Porzingis. You leveled up already. Everyone's chasing you. I get that. <clears throat> People just get a lot of FOMO. That's all. Um, yeah. You see players, you see players changing hands. You're like, Ooh, that would have been good. Could we have gotten that guy? And that's what people think. And I understand it. Um, it's, it's not in, but I also think people are, there's a bit of realism here too, which is the regular season is the regular season and it's all nice and it's fine and good. And you're getting your Pritchard contributions and your occasional hazard contributions. Uh, and you're getting some stuff out of Cornette when it comes to the playoffs and everything is ratcheted up times a million. Are you trusting those guys anymore or every minute that they're out there, you're going to be like, Oh my God, we're getting killed. And that's where people, that's where people, if you're going to look at the Achilles heel, on a healthy Celtics roster, it's I don't know how comfortable, you know, a lot of fans feel about the Celtics bench uh, in the playoffs. And it's not not to say they're going to be bad. It just simply. So let's enough, go with Pritchard. There's enough to there. There is the unknown of I don't know. We've seen the, the Pritchard experiment in the playoffs and it hasn't gone great. Um, Hauser, it's his first year of like significant run. We don't know. They were afraid to play him at times last year too, you know, like, you know, and so I don't know. I, I really, you know, I really think that that's the thing justified or not. Yeah. So if we're going down the line, obviously Horford's the sixth man. I think Hauser's the seventh man for some complimentary wing minutes alongside you know, either Brown or Tatum. However, that rotation is going to stack out there. And that's something they got to figure out too, in terms of who's out there with the bench unit uh, in those playoff scenarios, you have to think it'll be more staggering Tatum. Uh, so Ken Hauser go out there and hit one out, <laughs> out of his two threes, two out of his two threes in the time that he's out there, hold up defensively and 
grab a rebound or two. That's all you're asking these guys to do. And, you know, I thought Hauser looked good again last night, had that nice put back. Uh, Pritchard came out and hit a couple shots, grabbed a couple of rebounds as he does, and played plus 11 minutes. And I know the playoffs are different, John, but at some point, I keep saying it, this bench has played well every game going back to like sure. November. You have to see and is believing at some point. I'm not a no. Yes. And no. Why? Let me ask you this question. Why are people discounting Oklahoma city or Minnesota in the playoffs this year as, as true threats? Experience. I'd say is the experience. That's the point. So experience playoff experience. Are you, can they handle it? The bench, can they handle the heat? That's not the Miami heat, like the playoffs, you know, like, what's coming at you there. That's the point. You're not battle tested in that environment. So again, you can say they've passed every test so far this year, but you have no idea what they're going to do. So it's not, it's not a, I'm not condemning them to failure. I am just concerned that Joe is going to be extremely tight as you should be in the playoffs and that we don't know. It's an unknown. It's an uncertainty. And it's probably the only thing short of a catastrophic injury that can derail the team right now, which is just getting murdered in the bench minutes um, because those guys are not ready for prime time. You don't know. You don't know. It could be great. And if you're getting the same returns in the playoffs, you're getting in the regular season, you don't have a reason to be worried. Then it goes back to Tatum and Brown and making sure that they just have you know, are, 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 are rising to the occasion. And I think you'll feel good about it, but that's it. So that's, I, I'm not going to call it a freak out, but that's where I think people are coming in right no, now. And I, if think they did, I think, if they I think did it's a no- justified concern. I think, if, I think it's, I think it's reasonable. If they did nothing, this <laughs> deadline, I would have been in your camp. I would have been more in the chats camp saying, are you, are you really taking this year with the full amount of seriousness that you should given the stakes, given your relatively thin team and given the risk of injury to any one of those top six guys. But I do think you went out and got given the assets that you had, given who was available, the best player period at this deadline at that press price point, who can come in and play playoff minutes in a position you could potentially lose in a playoff series this year, you have plenty of tape of him playing against the Lakers last year and averaging eight and eight. You have him going into that Timberwolves series, Tillman this is, and playing good minutes on Carl Anthony Towns. He's not going to be driven off the floor defensively because that's his strength. Is he driven off the floor offensively? I think that's still the question with the trade here, but you got a guy for two seconds and two million. I wrote this today, John. You've said it before. If Xavier Tillman was a shot maker and a post-up maestro and this great two-way player, he'd be making $20 million and you wouldn't be able to get him. Instead, as you said on the show last night, he's an expert defender who does that one skill. thing really well. Yes. That's what I like about the bench is, the, is I, I've always said, have this is Tillman is the count like it's almost the reverse of my Hauser argument years ago, right? Two years ago, I was saying, play the guy and everyone was saying well defensive liability he plays himself he gets played off the floor i'm like who cares like if he were an awesome two-way wing he's an all-state like you he can't be that your bench guys have to be able to do one thing really well the reason Brissett can earn minutes right now he's playing defense well and he's grabbing rebounds that's good enough for the minutes that he has hauser's coming in there and he's there to shoot you need specialists on the bench what i don't want is a is a is a a master of none, you know, jack of all trades, master of none type guy. Those just raise the 
those lower the bar of everything that you do because they can't step up and do something important. Kada, for example, the offensive rebounding is one of the reasons I value him. It's something no one else on the team does at that level, and it changes. And that that's why some of his metrics and his numbers look really good because that's a, that's a, that's a really important thing that they don't necessarily have, and he does it at a pretty high level. So I like that, and I like Tillman coming in as a switchable defensive player one through five. I'm not downplaying that addition. I actually think it's good. I've been begging for wing depth for a long time. That's the thing is I really want to see someone who can come in and take a little bit of heat off of Tatum and Brown. And, you know, they don't really have that and they've never had that. So they're going to play bigger and that's what it comes down to. They're going to stagger those two guards. (laughs) They're going to play Brown and Tatum a ton and they're going to hopefully find a way to use Tillman next to Porzingis, hopefully use Tillman next to Horford. And so it's going to put a lot on Horford's plate and hopefully he's rested to the point where he can play a game like last night, because if he plays like last night, you can get away with him and Tillman sharing the floor together and going with larger lineups that attack the offensive glass. And you said it most importantly, John, every guy on this bench has one thing effectively that they're asked to do. And it's a pretty narrow, straightforward role. And it's allowed them all to succeed this year. And some of them will step out of that at times. I think Pritchard has done a couple of things off the dribble and passing that is a pleasant surprise. Hauser certainly in that camp too with some of those post fadeaways. You're not asking those guys to do those things come playoff time. It's just going to come down to making the most of 10, 15 minutes because this team is all about its top end talent. That's what you decided to do coming into this year by trading Brogdon, by trading Smart, Rob, Grant, all the way down the line. You said, we're putting this all on the starters here. You might have some good complimentary bench guys where you can get them here, uh, but this is going to come down to top end talent. It's going to come down to coaching. I think given what they've done today, John, there's zero chance we reach the end of the playoffs and say, man, if they just went and got this guy or that guy, or they did that. I, like, I don't think there's going to be any regrets. Right. Exactly. Like I said, is if you're getting a Muscala level player, like who you're not going to use anyway, like what's the point there? And, you know, whereas I don't necessarily think Tillman is that, but. And not only we'll that, you have into- to keep these draft picks now. I It's crazy that I'm saying that, John, because I'm the king of trade the picks. I know, but you're but it, the, 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 the economic time. reality of the NBA has been there throughout is you really can't have everybody making 20 something million dollars or plus uh, or more. Uh, you need some contracts. You need controllable guys. You need guys whose future you can control for up to seven years, and they don't really have those. So, yeah, they absolutely do need to draft and develop at some point or another. Another reason why I didn't love trading down, trading down, trading down, um, you know, into the second. I would have rather grabbed the best available in the first round and see if you hit something big. I think, you know, you get a player like Jordan Walsh, and you're like, yeah, who knows? Maybe. And there's, there's still an open maybe roster, roster here. Filler. And we do. There is. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. 
Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. We do have, I'm sure we're going to get into it by the end of the show here, but the first buyout name that potentially intrigues <coughs> me is... Killian Hayes. No. <laughs> Marcus Morris bought out by the Spurs after saw getting that. traded to the Pacers. So You don't want Marcus Morris. Celtic. You know, you don't think so? it's you're, you're you're thinking of the ghost of of Marcus Morris, not who he is now. He's he, he no, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, I don't think so. Plus, also, I think he was one of the really negative aspects of 2019 uh, on this team. I don't think you want those vibes here. Fair. I don't think you want it. I don't think you want that. I understand a skill set of a person. If Marcus Morris, the player, He's that, that wing, played, right? He was that wing right now. We watched him last time. He looked slow. He looked a little heavy offensively. He's not able to do what he was once able to do, but let's quickly, we got nine minutes before the Celtics, you know, before the deadline expires right now, there's no buzz on the Celtics. Let's quickly run through a few things that contenders did. And then also we have a couple ex Celtics uh, switching uh, locations. One of them is just downright sad, but we'll get into that in a little bit. (laughs) Start with the Knicks. Bogdanovich, Alex Burks from the Pistons, okay? You have the 76ers who uh, acquired Buddy Heald. Um, and I've uh, right now from uh, from uh, from Indiana. And the Bucks going out and getting Pat Bev, doing anything they can to shore up that defense. Bucks have also been tied to Wiggins. Uh, but that doesn't look like it's – I mean, again, we're close. Nothing's happened yet. Um, everyone's really geeked up over the Knicks here. Uh, kind of going for it. And I've seen a lot of people in this chat right now say things like, and we'll bring in Joe Sway and say things like they're the number two, they're the second best team in the East right now. Um, who do you think improved the most? And uh, right now, just at this deadline, we have to factor in Miami has already traded for uh, Rozier. So that already happened. And uh, of course, what am I missing? And and the Pacers already got Siakam. So yeah. there's been upgrades throughout all of these teams below. Philly almost looks like they're kind of cashing in their chips for this year. I'm not really sure. Um, but what do you think of those other teams right now? You've got Miami, uh, Indiana, and the Knicks uh, all improving the themselves. And the eh, the Bucks marginally uh, so far improve, improving themselves uh, the, right the- now. At, yeah, the Knicks, man. I think it's the Knicks. I think it's the Knicks by a mile, especially if you combine the uh, the um, trade that they made uh, a month ago, which obviously has led to this humongous run. And I feel like they're the hottest team in the East. And now that you add you add a, a, another sharpshooter, you add in down, you, you're doubling down to your offense. You got a shooter in Bogdanovich, man. This guy could go off at 25 points any night. Like he gets going four, five, six three pointers easy. Like. That is a guy who you have to worry about every single night. So another weapon for the Knicks, you know, uh, another um, another another team to to, for the Celtics to worry about. If you ask me, I mean, I'm not saying that the Knicks are like right there with the Celtics, but in the best of seven series, that would be one heck of a matchup. If you're the New York Knicks, this is what you do: you 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 do the the best moves to put your your team in position to be uh, one of the the better offensive teams in the East, and you and you see what happens. And right now with Brunson leading it. 
the all-star Brunson, if you ask me, top five point guard easily right now in the NBA, Brunson, doing what he's doing right now, man. Man, if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be excited about what's going on. There's no Robin doubt Lopez, by the way, Robin Lopez also enters the buyout market. Uh, traded from the Bucks to the Kings and her. bought out. Yeah, so you have that as well. Did they get anything back? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but it looks like nothing. MSG playoff basketball, I would love that. Yeah, it's it's looking inevitable at this point, and we'll see how the Knicks get healthy down the stretch of the season because that certainly has to happen too here for them to reach their final form. I didn't like this trade at first. Certainly Quentin Grimes for Alec Burks to me felt like selling low on Grimes, and then you throw in Bogdanovich there, and it's just another shot maker on that team, and they've done a good job putting together this drive and kick offense with multiple guys who can catch, shoot, and drive again. Uh, when you think of Bogdanovich, when you think of Dante DiVincenzo, who does a great job with that, Josh Hart. I, I mean, they are just loaded with depth right now. And how much does depth come into play in a playoff series, John? You always ask that question. Uh, but if it does come down to the Celtics and the Knicks, there could be minutes there where their second unit, which has been a big part of what they've done under Thibodeau, even back to some of those like quickly top and drives uh, up the court that would just blow the roof off MSG they got a lot of guys that can make plays here and they have depth. If guys are down, if guys need to fill in like Bogdanovich can step right in for Randall right now with a lot of the shot creation at that four position and get them through the stretch without him. So this is a really good trade. You don't give up a ton. I guess my only question for the Knicks is if you are holding up for a star down the line, you've given up Grimes, you've given up Barrett quickly, some picks now at this point, you have enough to cash in for a Mitchell right. this summer. That's why I'd be asking as a fan, but they're really good this year. Yeah. Five minutes to go on the trade deadline. Again, um, some stuff percolating as they say, or as, or as, or as stupid, stupid people say percolating. Um, but um, very quickly, I think I'll it's let you know. just fault, John. She messed it up. No, it's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> No, you're right. People say it like that because of that song. Tell me. No, it's like it's like it's like Jaguar. That's like nails on a chalkboard for me, instead of Jaguar or Jaguar, if yeah. you're British. But anyway, I uh, want to tell you quickly ahead of the big game, and we're now anyone who's covered a Super Bowl knows everything chills out around now, and then you kind of really ramp into just silent. It's all about the game time, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and so this is the last time of all the silliness and talking to people. And then it's all about the game. But you want to get in on the action. You want to get in on the silliness with some of those prop bets. And there's probably like 4,500 Taylor Swift-related prop bets here. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Sign up today. Get 200 in bonus bets. When you win your first bet of five or more dollars, that's all you have to do. Deposit I mean, 10. Netflix trade alert. Tease. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> Hold on. We'll get to that right away. Bet five, uh, and that's what you get. Uh, once again, FanDuel.com. Get in on it. FanDuel.com slash Boston. Like Joe it. Sway. I like it. alert. Breaking news. Uh, go this ahead. Coming, what do you got? This is coming from Woad. The Philadelphia 76ers are trading Jaden Springer to the Celtics for a second-round pick. So there's the, uh, there's that backup we were talking about in sense of – do this team trust Pritchard all the way? You know, do they need another guy to, to in the backcourt? So there you go, Bobby. Yeah, Jaden Springer. I, I don't, I don't hate it, man. Guy could defend. Yeah, he's he's a young wing. Um, I'm trying to look up his height here. 
Uh, 6'4", he's like, 204. He's like 6'4". He's like a two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like a combo yeah. guard. Uh, to me, it's the, this is a, this is the backcourt thing, man, because listen, I love Pritchard, man, when he's, especially when he's playing at a high level, but can you rely on that all the time? I feel like we've gotten way too more like comfortable with the whole like, oh, well, Pritchard didn't have it tonight, but that's too bad. And, you know, in the playoffs, that could cost you a couple of games, you know? So well, it's a big it's a bigger guard who can also help you defend there depending on the matchups and the teams. Right. Like, it addresses, I, it addresses I, I shortcomings, if you ask me. This is not I mean, I don't know. I think this is straight depth to me. I don't know that this guy plays a minute ahead of Pritchard, to be honest. You know, well, I don't think he would play ahead. But I think it's, a, it's that insurance It's that, you know, just to have an extra body in the, in the backcourt. But yeah, this to, me, this to me is getting a guy in a rookie deal. He's 21 who's going to develop behind the scenes. And that's what he was doing in Philly. He didn't play much in Philly unless they really yeah. needed it. Uh, so he's joining that stay ready crew, John. <laughs> yeah. That's a stay, this is a, this yeah. is a stay ready crew edition. This is also a guy, you know, they're not really, again, just not really. Uh, but this is good, John. I mean, would they give up much a second? Offensively. One second round. Second round I mean, picks to me are funny money. If you can get anybody who's a roster addition on your team on the cheap and has a chance at helping at all, it's not going to kill you. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I like this, you know. and we were just talking about at the top of the show, John. If you can go out and get a guy with one of those picks who you like and can develop and can be part of the team in the future, it is a good way to do it. You don't have to go and draft and scout this guy. He's a former first-round pick. You've seen him. You've watched him. He's gotten some runs here and there with Philly. So it's a name I've liked. We didn't see a ton of him in Philly. He's only played 50 games in three years. Uh, but there's some shooting pedigree there. He was a five-star high school recruit. <laughs> They've done this before. They've went and gotten other guys who were drafted by other teams, didn't work out there, and then the Celtics try and give them a run. And they've had some success now when you think about Kata, uh, when you think about uh, Hauser coming in and the way they've developed him and uh, just some of these more unsung guys. And, and again, like the, 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 this, these what you you don't need anything <laughs> like well, enough with is, the yeah i mean i think this is that this this screams that right it's just an uh, an extra it's just an extra backup you know but it's not you need to address someone's role you know what i mean like i just think it's another uh guy it's another person you can add in the front court i mean in the back court much like tillman is someone that you can add in the front court you know but i, I think tillman would have more of the uh the has more of the upper edge in the sense of getting more playing time or, or at least uh, getting more opportunities than, than Springer. You have not like eight, nine rotation guys now. You didn't need to go and get another guy who needs minutes, who needs to play. This is a guy who could potentially replace Banton, as the chat's saying here. Oh, we got another one. Depth guy. Another move? Yeah, uh, nothing uh, more of a uh, getting a guy off the roster. Um, and there you go, Banton's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said it, but he's going to Portland. He's not part of this deal. He's going to Portland. So Jaden Springer is replacing Delano Banton. There you go. So, so and, and, and the roster spot remains open for a buyout or Kata as well. Exactly, and Brad uh, he retains that that second round pick. So yeah, well, so Spring, he gets Springer's not going to be they a get guy. A, they get a second rounder back for Banton. For Banton, yeah. So it's not bad. No okay. word on what year. But it, this yeah. is a big deal with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. It's a it's a heavily protected second, so it's one of those ones that you give because you have to trade something for someone. Yeah, but it's never going to convey. But it never conveys, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got that empty roster spot, you know? Yeah, that's the key here. And 
Do you sign Caden to that? Do you go after a buyout guy? I was just John didn't like it, Joe Sway, but the first intriguing buyout guy did hit the market here, and it's Marcus Morris, uh, who got dumped to the Spurs, and they're gonna buy him out. I don't know. I wasn't around that 19 team. I wasn't around back then, so I don't really know the dynamics of the locker room. But I just remember him being. If, if you're talking projects, I'm, I'm going to go get Killian Hayes, but that's me. Yeah, but Mar- yeah. Marcus is a dog, man. That's someone that can really give you a, give you an edge in the postseason. Like, who's going to be the veteran on the bench on this team who's just sort of there and I, I, talking Marcus to guys? W- and... was a dog. I now think he's like that. Yeah, like, why do you say past you know, tense, man? Come on, John. Stop it. He's like <laughs> he's that 17 year old. That 17-year-old basset hound that like can barely make it can barely make it to like the foot of the couch just to fall and asleep. He does have bad things. Think about when you were a kid, yeah. you're like, I used to be scared of this dude. Look at this dog. He's like yeah. really hanging on. Yeah. It's like ugh. no, that's not Morris. Come on, stop it. Morris had okay, he had to adjust because he was sitting out to start the season. And he had about a good two, three week run with the Sixers, but with you know, lack of playing time and a lot of uh, in terms of his role, there wasn't clear direction. But I mean, yeah, he wasn't always he hasn't always been consistent this year, though. That's fair. He did have a, he did have a couple of weeks where he was uh, looked like he was turning things around, but never really materialized. Now, Bobby, explain the buyouts. Um, they have to have made um, and because Dinwiddie's being bought out, but that's not an option for the Celtics. So he was making too much, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, coming off. Gotta be over that mid-level line. Maybe I'm wrong. But... <clears throat> no, he's way over. He's like 17, 18 million, I think. Yeah, so he's ineligible to sign with the. So Celtics. yeah, and and just the rules are for the for the Celtics, they they can't bring in anybody who makes who made prior to being bought out made more than the mid-level, which is like twelve. What what is it 12 around twelve? Twelve two. So you can't a guy like Dinwiddie's off the table. Whereas uh, a guy like Olenek was available because he was, he was like a 12 one or something. He was yeah. right around there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. An interesting day for the Celtics. I think, you know, the day or two they had here is exactly what you were looking for. A depth guy who has playoff experience, who you can trust as an emergency option and a development piece. You package up a couple of the guys at the bottom of the roster who never played and probably weren't going to be here next year into <laughs> someone who is going to be here next year. And by the way, Springer's on the third year of his rookie deal of at about of $2 four, million. Yeah. So he's going to be back at $4 million next year, and you can make a decision from there whether you want to keep him or not. So he's potentially a long-term piece in this backcourt. And again, he's only 21. So he's probably going to Maine, I'd imagine, to play in the near term. There's just not a spot on the NBA roster for him right now unless there's some injuries or something like that. And, you know, as we've seen just <laughs> when the Sixers were really injured, they would go to him and he'd give them a play or two here or there. Um, so that's an option too. And Ben, you know, I really liked him in the preseason, John. I thought he had this cool ability to play point guard with wing size. And if he could knock down a shot here or there, uh, he'd be a little bit more of a dynamic piece to that wing position. But he couldn't even hit a shot around the rim in some spot opportunities he got. So they're moving on, and it's probably time. He had a second-year team option. So uh, let me, wasn't let me rip through here. Toronto keeping Bruce Brown. Uh, he was a hot name on the trade market. <clears throat> what but is Toronto big, doing? I want to see that's Bruce a, that's, playoffs, a, that's a very tradable salary, though, because you need yeah. that. It's 20, I want to see him this year. Though. 20 something million into next year. So um, I think that if you're looking, 
into acquiring talent down the road. You need to have some pieces to be able to do that. Hawks are holding on to DeJounte Murray again, according to Woj. So Hawks kept it all together. Mentioned in there a name that we didn't mention here. Spurs trading Dougie, Buck- Dougie McBuckets to the Pacers as a Buddy Heald replacement. Come in and, uh, and he's played you know, in Indy before, right? So Shooter yeah. uh, going over there. Um, that's about it uh, in terms of what we have there. So we'll get into the Celtics and whether a freak out is necessary about not acquiring enough stuff. We talked about it earlier, Bobby, and I don't think so, but I still do understand people's, um, you know, people's concern with the bench. And again, this is the Banton trade for one and all to see. Also, Malcolm Brogdon staying put. Uh, Rob Williams, who was mentioned as a possible trade candidate uh, for a team looking to, uh, you know, add his presence to their lineup into the future, also uh, not traded. Again, things can trickle in in the moments after, but the uh, NBA trade deadline has officially expired. And that is that. We don't know, again, any other any other deals uh, that may come through and we'll keep you updated. A couple things we didn't talk about. Uh, two um, former Celtics on the move. Number one, Gordon Hayward traded to the Thunder. I love really this inter- one. Yeah, I like really this interesting spot for him. Um, this could be almost a perfect landing spot uh, for, for this guy and a really good move for OKC. Yeah, and he's had spots in Charlotte where he's shown shades of that old Hayward who can knock down the mid-range as well as the three and be a secondary playmaker, which is what the Thunder need. They shoot a lot of threes. Uh, They're a super efficient three-point shooting team too. All right, other way around, they're efficient, but they don't shoot enough. So he can get more up for them uh, potentially here and uh, be a veteran on this team, which is the big (laughs) one. They don't have a strong veteran presence who's been in playoff games, who's been on really good teams and Hayward's done that between Utah and Boston so I think it fits he's got to stay healthy he's hurt right now he hasn't played in a while with a calf injury and that's the story with him Uh, but he's on an expiring deal they have his bird rights now if you're moving Hayward from 30 million which was just a albatross there in Charlotte to 15 million next year something like that mid-level money all of a sudden, you're talking about a really good guy for the money, even if he does have to miss some time here or there. So I was pleasantly surprised to see this because the Thunder have been like, yeah, you know, we're sitting back. We're waiting for the young guys to come up. We're not doing much. We're going to use these picks. And it's like, come on. You're the one seed in the West. You have a potential MVP candidate here. Go for it. And this, yeah. isn't, this isn't an all-in move, but in terms of what was available here, it's pretty close. I think this was the move of the day. Yeah, I think it's up there, Bobby, for sure. I just think it's it, the the fit is perfect in the sense of someone that can you know pass, can score a bit, and then like you mentioned, give you that outside threat that essentially just makes them more explosive offensively. This Oklahoma City Thunder team, man. I mean, I, this is one of the teams that I'm I'm really intrigued as to where they are in a sense of how far they're going to go in the postseason. And now you have a veteran who, like you mentioned, Bobby, uh, is not only has a lot of playoff miles under his belt, but also has sort of yearned for this type of opportunity to kind of get back into the playoffs, you know, after that huge contract with Charlotte is like rebuild after rebuild. And, you know, I'm sure Hayward's wondering when they're going to be competitive again, we're going to be able to play competitive ball in the postseason. Well, this is it. And you're not thrust into being, you know, a second or third option. And, and, you know, nowhere close to come off the bench for them. Right. He's probably gonna come off the bench, but you, you know, he's going to have a role when when he's healthy. So I think it's a great, 
great opportunity for for Hayward and uh, not a whole lot of pressure there, right? And and OKC yep. for him to thrive. Yep. Uh, Kelly Olynyk also got dealt. Uh, we know that. This is the uh, most surprising trade of the day. Yeah. To Toronto, uh, Toronto and Schroeder. To Brooklyn. To Brooklyn, right, um, as part of that deal. But the headline ex-Celtic deal is clearly our man Grant Williams. <laughs> a lot of former Celtics to, moved, yeah. That was quick. Traded to the Hornets. Oh, poor hey, he's, he's going back home, John. Come on, go back I home. know, but, like, Grant was on a title contender and, and as a starter. Buddying, up, buddying up with the, you know, going to people's weddings and, like, fancy parties and hanging with the Jays. Then he goes to the Dallas, and he was starting to start the year, and they were playing fairly well. Then he absolutely cratered in the new year, just brutal. Things got bad. His production dipped. Um, his plus-minus, they were horrible when he was on the floor. Uh, everything went bad, and now he's tossed aside uh, less than a, you know a few months into a, a four-year deal, just discarded and sent over to the Hornets. So I'll ask. Is Brad a genius because he saw this ahead of time? Brad and some people on the Garden Report who never thought Grant Williams was ever worth any sort of real money. Uh, or was this just not a great situation for him and he needed a change of scenery, not saying uh, that Charlotte will be it. But uh, what went wrong here? Uh, I think it might have been the former, honestly. Um, I'm not going to say that Grant's going to be this guy for the rest of his career, but... I just think the Celtics weren't comfortable giving him that type of contract that he received from the Dallas Mavericks. Now you look at what happened in Dallas. I feel like the Mavericks expected a lot more. You know, they gave him opportunities in a sense of being that guy who can defend and, you know, get get his shots, get his looks, especially as an outside threat. And I don't think they realize that he's just not quite there in terms of his efficiency and, and what we've seen in the past. But we haven't seen it in long stretches. And, you know, maybe the news or uh, environment in Charlotte helps that, you know, maybe it's just him um, getting back to the basics here, but he, he underperformed, he underperformed in a, in a big way for Dallas. And uh, you know, those guys are always trying to to put together a roster that's going to put them over the top. And so they, they were very impatient here and they, they, they sold them as soon as they could, you know, and I don't blame them to be honest. Um, do, do you, could you have held on to him and try to deal him sometime down the road? Maybe, but if you have this opportunity now, you get someone like PJ Washington that you could plug in. I'm Dallas. I'm doing it. Yeah, it's on Dallas. It's on Grant equally here. And <laughs> Dallas made a decision that he was going to be a starter for them. He was going to be a big part of what they're doing. And that's never who he was. And that's what he asked to be in Boston, effectively. And that's part of the reason he's not here either, is that he wanted to show he could do more, make more money, attack off the dribble, shoot around <laughs> the basket. And Dallas said, all right, we'll let you do that. And Look, the shooting's still the same here. He's two points below what he was last year with more shots and probably more pressure on him uh, to some degree. And he's scoring the same amount of points per game here. So I think he's still Grant at his core. The question's going to be, can he relent on trying to be something more? And I still go back to Ime's comments a couple of years. Grant's at his best when he's filling a narrow, small role. And that's what he filled in Boston. So... I'm glad they got Tillman, who gives shades of some of that impact defensively. But somewhere deep down, John, I still wish they could have came to a deal and gotten a right price to keep but him here. He's effective. Because he was my feeling is the thing is that Grant Williams. 
If you get if you get if you get a raise, Bobby, and you and you're a starter, you're not supposed to have the same type of production. Like that's the thing. Like you you, the way Ime put it is like you're so good at this role or whatever the the coach wants you to be that that's not always a bad thing in the sense of like oh I you have to be a starter or you have maybe that's down the line for you at some point. But it wasn't. It's not there now, and I never thought it was there. Even when he was at his best, to be honest with you, he was good as a guy that comes off the bench and produces, you know, seven, eighth guy, whatever. Is that going to be him forever? I don't know, but I just don't think he's anywhere near uh, ready to be a starter for a team that's competing. No, for he a, can't be yeah, a starter. He can't be a guy. Team. He can't be a starter. He can't be a guy who's taking a ton of shots. But that's what he team. wanted Boston to do. That's what he wanted Boston to pay him for, to be a starter. <clears> and <throat> give him that type of contract. And that's, yeah, that's why it's difficult because they had extension talks going into last year. They had a desire to extend him, John. They they had an offer on the table. They declined. So they wanted to keep him. They felt he was a valuable part of this team. And they just couldn't get a deal done. And yes, Joe Sway, that goes back to him wanting more. Either he was valuable or his salary was valuable. One way or the other, I think there was a limit what they were willing to pay. For sure. And I think the conversation around I'm not him saying they last... should have broke the bank for him. Well, people did last year. And so there was conversations that they should have gone 15 and they're going to regret it or 18 or this freaking insane people that were saying 20. And like, (laughs) I never, I never, I never really got that because to me, the grand conversation was always around value as a a late first round pick or, you know, whatever. And a guy coming off the bench, making a a couple million dollars on a rookie deal. Great value as a person who naturally is going to graduate to a legitimate big boy NBA contract, whether you set that, whether you set that at 12 million or or 15 16 million it was still real money that you were going to have to pay somebody to give you the stuff that that guy who was making a couple mil was giving you it was great then it's not now this stuff happens in like companies all around america you get a low level cog who's really good at what they do and they just keep making more and more and more and more and it's all of a sudden it's like i'm paying you a lot of money you know like to still do that little so bit that's of work the question. and like that's who right. and, and that's who grant became is like you're a role player but you're looking for real dough and you need these guys. Right. But that's why I always thought I was like, grant to me is a luxury item. I never really knew who's going to, who's tossing out 20 million to him. To, and, and that's not what he ended up getting. He ended up getting he's at the mid level. So that's the question yeah. here. But like, is he just, worth, is he worth 12 million? <laughs> maybe. But again, it's, it's the long-term commitment to a guy making that, yeah. you know, Especially I'd rather with, with the way where dr- financially, you know, but yeah, you'd rather let's not draft- let's not take let's not take the culpability away from Dallas here, who signs him and gives him how many games did he end up playing for the team here? Forty-seven games, and then you go out and trade him with a first-round pick for a guy you could have signed over the summer. I mean, this is on them too, and they continue to make bad moves here. So it yeah, wasn't a fit. It wasn't a fit for Grant in the end. You got I don't know if Charlotte's a fit either. This is a good deal for Dallas, though. You get a shooter out of it, too, on top of P.J. No, it's Walker. not Joe Sway. You gave up a ton of assets to get off Reggie Bullock. Then you give up um, – I don't think they gave up much to the Celtics to take in Grant, but you you know, 
forego making other moves, including signing Washington, who was out there forever in free agency. You let Brunson go. Everything since then is an absolute tailspin. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a great point. I mean, you get huge mistake, man. They just didn't want to mess that up because you didn't want to give him big money. Didn't want to commit. Yeah, he's clearly worth it. And then you have to go do the Kyrie thing, and then you just get stupid. Everything that they've done is terrible. Because of that, they were forced into that. They say, "Let's just do it, whatever." Yeah, no, PJ Washington. We've talked about it, John. He's comparable to Grant. It's it's a similar player here. He's gonna have his yeah. ups. Well, and that's downs. what that's what we were comparing. That's what we were comparing him to. But I said PJ Washington, I thought was a, a much better overall player than Grant. And now you see it based but on. But he makes more value. money now too. I think based based on actual value, look what it take to take, took to get him. It was Grant and a first, and you know, and 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 someone else. So I mean, Grant just got tossed aside here. Very quickly into that yeah, deal, Washington so you do makes, have to feel bad. Washington makes 17, so he's even more expensive at that position uh, because of the he's, scoring. He's an upgrade, for sure. Yeah, offensively. Um, so we'll see what that team pans out as. They, they're just going to be who they continue to be, a really tough team because Luca puts so much pressure on you. But they have next to no championship aspirations. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm scanning around here just to see if we have anything else going on um, worth discussing. That's it. Last thing. Whoa. One of the last things. Lakers standing, about. How about Lakers standing pat? Huh? That's interesting. I'll, I'll say this. The Lakers standing pat, somewhat surprising. Um, then the other thing, just taking a step back and looking at this whole thing. I think the Bucks are big losers here. Really? Yep. I like that move. Now, they were limiting what they could do. They needed more than what they did here. But you traded a guy in campaign who gave you I think the Bucs were were not as good as the Celtics and watched everyone around them get better and did nothing. And Can Pat Beverly come into that locker room, though, and kick some ass? No. 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 Pat Beverly sucks. He's not even a good defender anymore. He's no. He was hoping. He was hoping Philly. From a locker room standpoint. Yeah, and he gave them some good minutes in those games against Boston. There, at least uh, that we saw against them. So uh, it's an upgrade on campaign. Then Philly Philly turned the buddy. Philly Philly turned the buddy healed is is funny to me, man. That's like he's so so inconsistent. Like that's a big spot for him because you know. With him beat out, he's got, he's going to be a huge part of this offense. We should talk about Philly before we get off the air. So they they trade Beverly here, which you know you bring in Hale, I, I guess a better player overall in terms of the shooting and some of the stuff he brings offensively here. But what are they doing? What's the plan for this year? Where are they going at this point? Because they are falling apart, John. I think four and eight or something like that. Four and twelve over their last uh, however long stretch here. They're diving in the standings. And B, I don't know what's up with this reporting. Of course, it comes out off the top that it's a repair of the meniscus, but they're adamant that he can come back at some point this season. So something's not right there in terms of the information being put out. They might be done. I don't know why you go out and get Buddy Healed if that's not going to help them get through this Embiid uh, situation here. And I know you're not giving up a ton, but... Is this just a guy that you like having around for next year? Because he needs a contract too, I believe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know what this is all I, about. 
I don't know that they're confident uh, Embiid's coming back. Um, so It feels I like a waste of time, this trade. Whether you're selling it to the fans or uh, you wanted to maintain the idea that you're still kind of in the mix and not a seller at the deadline just for I, – I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with him, but I, I, I'm dubious. Right before the buzzer, uh, Pacers get Corey Joseph as well, a decent complimentary guard. Yeah, I don't know, Philly. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know, but I'll, uh, let's uh, let's 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 uh, let's flip. And it. as we suspected, uh, let's pretend he comes back. That's a that's a really. Let's pretend he does come back. That's a really not fun seven seed to be playing. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they should be able to stay in the top 10, right? And that's probably their hope here is that even if they have to go through the play-in, if Embiid's ready to go at that point. But again, John, you you know, we've talked about this injury. This is not one you play with or rush back from or uh, unless they just uh, – is the reporting so bad? Are they just doing a cleanup here and he's going to be back like Rob was? Because that would be very perplexing, the way they presented it originally. But that's always how it's been with Embiid and the injuries and the way they've been reported. So uh, they're keeping everybody on their toes, certainly, around the East. Because they, at one point before this Knicks burst and the OG trade and all that, Josue, they were the biggest threat to the Celtics in the East. Yeah. I mean, once upon a time, that's true. (laughs) But OG now in New York, man. That's changed things for sure. Yeah, it's a confusing one. I don't think Celtics do Celtics. I think Celtics play them one more time, Philly, and then one more time against the Knicks later this month, which is going to be a fun one down at MSG, given where these teams are at now. Yeah, that's true. It's a Saturday night. It's Saturday game, too. I just think it's destined. Destined to happen. Celtics, Knicks, and maybe second round matchup or Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of games to go. It's really tightly packed. I mean, yeah. there's there's no way right now. I mean, you're looking at what Cleveland yeah. is the two. The Knicks are tied with the Bucks. So the way it falls after Boston, do you rule out really the Heat yet? Open. No, definitely. You never not. ever know what to make of the Heat. You just say once the playoffs come around, it's going to be a different deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they get that. Momentum going in March, which is what they like to do. We're going to say the same thing. Oh, look out. Here we go again. Here we go, yo. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. So what do you rate this bad line? I don't care. Like I said, I was with you, Bobby. I didn't think they needed a lot, but I was curious if Brad could really pull one out and do something very clever and creative. I think Tillman ended up pretty good um, as a as a as a he plus probably ranks addition. In the top, he probably ranks in the top five moves, I would say. You'd put, I don't uh, know. You would put – the Bogdanovich edition up there. You put the Hayward one up there. Uh, I guess Washington is in that mix going to Dallas. I mean, he's definitely in the top five in terms of moves here. Olenek, like, is that a great move? Is Heald a great move? I don't even think we know where those ones go. Monty Morris well, to the Minnesota. Big, the bigger moves were made before. Monty Morris to yeah. Minnesota is probably the most underrated one because they needed a depth guard. They need a little bit of bench help. Uh, he can do all of that for them, and they've been that top seed in the West. Don't give up much there. Uh, they solidify themselves a little bit more. Your 
biggest worries to me with the Celtics team, and we'll keep talking about it throughout the year, are all in the Western Conference. I don't think there's any team in the East that can beat the Celtics if they're serious and healthy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, maybe. But again, I just don't think you stack up. I don't think you concern yourself with stacking up Western Conference teams because one of them's coming out. Who and knows? Gonna it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be tough. Uh, and that's the and, one, and that's it. One through four you're is really all- only worried. Yeah, you're really only worried who might who might present a tough matchup if you get a bad draw in the um, in in your own conference. And right now, I get I still think the Celtics are a, a decent step above, but the Knicks are definitely interesting. I, when did the Celtics play the Knicks? The new Knicks because February twenty second. So that's right one. that'll be interesting. Yeah, like a week after. In MSG, That'll be interesting. Maybe Randall's back at that point. Who knows? Yeah, two weeks maybe. from Saturday. Either way, that'd be it's gonna be a heck of a game. Yep, maybe. Um, guys, final thoughts before we close it. Uh, your Celtics team is great. uh little bit, great. A, a little better. A little better. Grade the Celtics or deadline in general. Yeah, the Celtics deadline. deadline. I give them a. Uh, it would be maybe B minus. Yeah, B minus. I'm going A minus. I think given oh, what you, you could go. do, you did a great job here. And yeah. I hope we see him tomorrow. I, I guess he, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee thing going back four games and was earlier this year too. So hopefully he talks to shoot around tomorrow and we see where he's at uh, in terms of his availability for tomorrow. But uh, Celtics Wizards tomorrow night. It's the only way you can make that game exciting, throwing him in there. Oh boy. <laughs> Sean just remembered that they're playing the Wizards. <laughs> hey, Kuz was still there. Pool, pool's being pool. <laughs> pool got booed. Pool, 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 pool dropped, guy. Yeah. Dropped was- a donut the other night and got booed off the floor. <laughs> I was telling Joe Sway, we were just chatting at the game because he showed me that. Does he not realize that everyone thinks he, he's the, like the worst player ever and doesn't have a clue and. Like he, he, even his own team must feel that way, right? Even his own fans. He got dumped like, from the Warriors after winning a, a title. Why they they wanted to let him know, like they think he's trash, pretty much. So, yeah, I I like the I I'm not even giving the trade deadline. <sighs> Twenty five minutes with zero points. <laughs> I'm 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 not giving the trade deadline a grade because I don't think they needed to do much. I think this is all they really could do. So if you wanted something more, I don't think the Celtics had the had the horses to do it. Really, if you wanted to do something significant, you probably need to package up your entire bench uh, for an upgrade. And that wasn't that been, too risky. Uh, risky or not. I just, you're also saddling, you know, you're saddling a team that you'd be sending them to it. If, if it made sense, salary wise, it didn't make sense. Like in terms of years, because Hauser, you just sound signed to a deal. Pritchard now has a contract. You're giving these guys years, you know, not, not, not expiring and not whatever, and not allowing them to get cheaper. You're, you're basically trading salary for salary. I didn't see how they were going to do that um, to, to be able to get better. Like wh- who would want to do that with them? So I thought it was impossible to get it. I am curious in the buyout market, what they do, if they do anything for once, not for once, but like there certainly have to be an aid destination for, for somebody out there who might be looking to, uh, to just jump on and latch on to a championship team. So yeah, I'm curious they they they're, they're that team, John. Yeah, that's true. 
You know, yeah, I mean, everyone's always going to find places like Miami and L.A. sexy and the Clippers are obviously going to get the first candidates across the board if they're already decent ones um, to, to bring in there. But I, I'm curious who they do bring in here. So we'll see. But all in all, could, I'm not my hopes were not very high. So, yeah. Yeah, that could so take some time. Uh, yeah. Maybe guys shake loose later. I think the deadlines something like March or something like that in terms of having a bio guy be available. And listen, I think you still you know, keep that phone open for Blake. If he really wants to jump on board and be the guy at the end of the bench. And uh, certainly if you don't end up filling it, I still have no problem with signing Kata, who unfortunately takes a little bit of a hit here with Tillman coming in and, you know, Cornette sticking around. He's probably not going to play again the rest of the year, real minutes, but now he can use, he only had 13 NBA games left. He can probably go to Maine now, work on some stuff, play more consistently. And then if he really tears it up up there, give him a two-year deal or something on the minimum and keep him around and you know keep rolling with his development because i think you found a good piece in him who every time you throw him out there did some stuff uh he wasn't ready for the playoffs he wasn't ready to you know pass cornet on this roster and be that depth big but i still think he's going in the right direction he's young very physical and in a good place to develop here they've done it now with a couple guys so well that's what i'm fine well, if he's going to Maine, Bobby, uh, Jordan Wallace is joining him. Uh, they just sent him back up. Just, just real quick, real quick, I'll ask you this. Uh, Celtics can't – right now, I know we mentioned a couple guys Celtics can get. <laughs> Dan Whitty might be the best player currently on the buyout market, um, and the Celtics cannot sign him. Uh, does he make anybody better right now? Any, any any potential contenders around the Celtics? I'd say yes. Somebody's yeah. just going to get him for free. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Knicks could add him. He's already in New York and yep. throw him in the backcourt off the bench. Uh, <laughs> more I think depth. that would make some sense. Yeah, more depth. Hey, he's not playing great. He hasn't in a while. So I don't know. I, I'd look at uh, Kyle Lowry, who's probably going to get bought out from Charlotte. Uh, it feels like, especially with Philly moving a player to Boston, just dumping uh, Springer, maybe they clear in a spot for Lowry to come in, who's obviously yeah. a Philadelphia native and that makes sense. can replace Beverly now off that bench, which makes more sense there, too. So. I think you'll see Larry probably end up in Philly, but I don't well, know buyout options. Well done, Bobby. Mark Mark Stein tweets out Kyle Lowry is uh, Philadelphia's priority to buy out market. Yeah, you could see that one coming. Um, yeah. I don't know for Celtics. Who would you who who would you like at that t- last spot, John? Just a guy who's a veteran, a guy who's waving the towel, a prospect. Bring more. Bring Morris back on a. Uh, I don't mind the Morris a, idea. A Rasheed Wallace type role, <laughs> or maybe less than that. Um, I don't see anything. Nothing excites me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wait for the guys to come in in the summer and fight for that spot. Who always excite everybody. I'll, I'll say this: if Jimmy were here, he'd still be dumping on Grant. We wouldn't have that segment. Wouldn't have been so quick. Hey. I gotta hold the fort on this one because if you're Dallas, you give this guy all this money and you're done with him. Yeah, he would have been going off. I mean, it's definitely stupid from Dallas's perspective. Maybe Washington pans out there and it's worth the first, but you should have done that last summer. Like what changed your mind in forty seven yeah, years? You knew who Grant mistake. was. But hey, this is not a bad way to get out of that mistake, man. Like they hey It is a bad way. You gave up a future first. You knew going. I mean, to get rid of this deal though, three months into it, I mean, they should have been stuck with Grant longer than this. It's not the Kemba Walker contract; it's a mid-level deal. Yeah, true. 
But at the same time, though, we get PJ Washington. You have a sh- you have another shooter that you could that you could work with. Does it put him as a championship contender? Not quite, but you're not thinking to yourself, man. I think, I think Dallas between Jason Kidd, who's flamed out in a couple different spots now, and the wacky ownership thing going on right now, and Luca just taking every shot every night. And oh, House is the shots. name I wanted. House oh, he's an interesting one. Wing that's the, that's someone just brought it back up. That's the one I had on my mind earlier. The who would be one I would be interested in. Thank you for putting that out there, Jeff. I, to remind me that that's one that I think is decent for the Celtics. And he's a decent emergency wing. You really have an emergency there. He could step out there and play. emergency, that's, emergency. We know. Yeah, we know. He could step in yeah. and play a little bit in that case, and hit knock down shots too, which they like. He's a shooter, John. You want a guy like that, right? You like shooters. Yep. Um, we'll let you guys know just a couple programming things. Obviously, the uh, the Garden Report will be back tomorrow uh, with all the guys uh, as the Celtics take on Washington. Maybe we get a Xavier Tillman debut. We're not sure, but hopefully sometime in the next couple days, you'll get to see some of the Celtics' new additions. I'm not sure when Springer is necessarily going to arrive. Just recapping the deadline, Celtics acquired Tillman from the Grizzlies for Lamar Stevens yesterday and a pair of second-round picks. Then the Celtics turned around um, today and got Jaden Springer from the 76ers for a second-round pick. Then they turned around and traded uh, Delano Banton to the Trail Blazers for a heavily protected second round pick, one that is very unlikely. It's, uh, it's top 55 to, protected to convey. So that's what we have there. We'll let you guys know one more time. Um, if you want to get in on the action ahead of the Super Bowl here uh, and you haven't signed up already, check out FanDuel special offer running right through the big game. If you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston and sign up, you get a $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more hits, once again, head to FanDuel.com slash Boston and get signed up today and get in on the Super Bowl-related uh, action. Trade deadline has expired, 3 o'clock. few interesting names changing hands, but Celtics are still top dog here. Uh, going forward, I think for that we all agree. Thanks to you guys for jumping in here. Appreciate Middle it. of the afternoon, up over a thousand, which was great to see you guys hanging out. So we do appreciate that. Make sure you join us tomorrow, uh, and obviously stick with us throughout the season, guys. Any final thoughts before we before we say goodbye? Uh, no, no. You don't have to. You can also just say no. <laughs> I feel like you have to say something, but uh, no. Yeah, look, Celtics got a little bit better, and. Uh, the other teams around the Eastern Conference did as well. But yeah, it's still, like you said, John, that yeah. doesn't change uh, the, the hierarchy here. So they're still top dog. Yeah, you yep. got you got everything you need at this point. I don't right. want to hear anything about this or that, or you needed Lonnie Walker, or you need you got everything you need to win a championship. Now go do it. Go do it. All right, we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Take Wait, Ahmed's got an outro for us, I think. No, he doesn't. He said he was gonna work on an outro. Stay in. He had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. <laughs> Porford's out. I, don't, I think it's an option. <laughs> that did not sound like a chair. It was a freaking chair. It does sound like a chair.